because I need to show you about the power of this light. We just saw one instance of it here in John the eighth chapter, but I need to show you the power of the light because this is extremely important to you because shortly we're going to see where Jesus turns to the disciples and says, ye are the light of the world. Well, praise the Lord, everyone. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another exciting episode of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in the series entitled Walking in the Light. This will be part number four, and it is subtitled The Lion's Roar. We're going to have a great time today in the Word of God, and I'm so grateful that you decided to tune in. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled The Lion's Roar, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, uh, Walking in the Light, part four, um, The Lion's Roar. John 8, John 8, and I'm going to read to you verses 1 through 12. Verses 1 through 12, you can read them in your Bible or also read, uh, read them from the screen if you like. We're going to be in the King James Version today. This is so very wonderful. I could do a cartwheel and flip. All right, I'll do it. It'll be very quick. You ready? Whoa! Uh, that was quick. I'm going to have to slow the camera down for that one. It still may not pick it up, Diane. It still may not. All right, you ready? Here we go. Uh, John 8, verse 1 says, Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down. I'm going to write, make special note of these words, if you can, in your notes. You have note, note paper there. He sat, all right, I'll do them too here on the board. Give me just a moment. I'm going to do them here. Let me see, who wants to be my official writer today? Anybody want to write for me today? Yes? No? All right, come on, young man. Yes, you can come on and write for me today. All right, Mr. Tanner, give Mr. Tanner a hand. Now, I won't ask you to draw. I'll draw. But write down the words, so you can just look on the screen for us if you want to. Write down the words, sat down. Just make a little sat down. Okay, so let's go back again. And early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Verse 3, and the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they uh, had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what says thou? This they said, tempting him that they, uh, that they might have a excuse uh, him, rather that they may have to accuse him rather. Uh, verse, and then it goes on to say, but Jesus stood up, say, so go ahead and put down, stood up. Or, I'm sorry, thank you, stooped down. See, it's going to be one of those days. Are y'all praying for me already? <laughs> Jesus stooped it down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he what? Lifted up himself. Write down, lifted up himself. Just sort of put it in order there. You're doing a great job. 
It says again, verse 7, So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he what? Stooped down. Write down again, stooped down. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they uh, which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, uh, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus, uh, rather, yeah, when Jesus had what? Lifted up himself, right down, lifted up once again. When he lifted up himself, he saw none but the woman. He said unto, unto her, woman, where are those thine accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. We'll stop right there for a second. We get, well, let's go ahead and read verse 12. Verse 12 says, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's give Minister Tanner a hand, would you? Thank you for being our, our writer today. And I can read it in everything. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Now, I wanted you to write down these things because this is actually a prophetic picture. Uh, when we talk about the lion's roar, we've got so much that the Lord has given me to give to you today. Once again, we're right back at the, at the smorgasbord counter or the all-you-can-eat buffet, and there's so much here. So I need your prayer uh, as we dive into and as we get the things that the Lord has for us, okay? One, two, three, four, five. These are five areas here. Five areas. Let me go ahead and write them down. Five, two, three, four, Okay, not. There we go. Five things there. All right. Now the woman, the woman always, um, woman, always represents the church. Okay, woman in scripture uh, represents church. You know, the church is the bride of Christ, or those that are born again in the body of Christ that have made themselves ready are become the bride. So. Really, when you look at prophetic pictures, when you see the woman or a woman there, most possibly she's going to represent the church. Okay, so having that understanding, listen to this verse again. Are you ready? It says in verse number two, it says that Jesus was there in the temple and he was teaching. He was, in, he was imparting wisdom and instruction. Okay, he's in the temple and he's sitting down. As a matter of fact, Deacon, would you get me that little chair over there, please? He's in the temple, and the first thing he's doing is sitting down. Now, here's a prophetic picture. Jesus uh, is having, what we see here is the Lord giving instruction to his people. This is something that has happened, okay? He's on his seat, sitting, we can say, in so many cases, thank you, in so many cases, he's sitting on his throne, and he's talking with his people. Then the woman who represents the church is threatened. So he rises from his throne. Now, if you would see this prophetic picture, see this as a heavenly scene, first of all, as the father sits, the Lord sits on his throne in his heavenly place, and he relates to his people of old. Then here comes the enemy who brings in uh, the church 
to accuse her. Well, he comes off of his seat and then he goes down in a stooping position. So we see here the Lord from the throne. He is now born of a virgin, comes down and takes up the uh, the mantle of a servant. He has flesh. He's come down and he begins to minister uh, to the people. Are you hearing? Well, he does that. He rather from birth until age 30, he's he's walking. But at age uh Rather, yeah, at age 30, he goes to the River Jordan to be baptized of John. He comes out in the power of, of the Spirit, so he rises up. Once he rises up, he begins then, lift, he lifts himself up, then he confronts religious leaders. He shows us how to live in this standing position. He shows himself as being the Son of Man and the Son of God. Amen. He's in authority. Amen. He's in authority. And he knows that he is also the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. So he is eventually uh, crucified, put upon the cross, and he dies. And he has to go down into the lower parts of the earth, stooping down. And he pays for our sins, my sins, and your sins. This is the sign of Jonah. Three days in the belly of the earth, three days, three nights. But then resurrection comes. Number five, he lifts himself back up again. Isn't that something? And notice the last time he lifts himself up in the text, there is none that can accuse the woman. All of the enemies have been scattered. He now stands with power. Every knee has bowed, every tongue confessed he is Lord. He is risen with all power in heaven and in earth. See this prophetic picture right in these 12 verses of the life of the Lord Jesus. So once he has risen, once he has risen and he has received that power, all power is in his hands. He tells the woman, he asks the woman. Now, this is wonderful here. I need you to see this. Let's look again at verse uh, verse number 10. Verse number 10, when Jesus lifted up himself. Now, here again, this is the prophetic picture, end time picture. Once the Lord has resurrected, he has now been raised with all power in heaven and in earth. Everybody, uh, I mean, he is Lord, period. There's no doubt about this any longer. Then he relates to the church again. How does he relate to the church? He asks the church, woman or church, where are those thine accusers? Who can accuse you? Who can condemn you now? There is no, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Meaning that his blood, his sacrifice has silenced the mouths of the enemy. Now, the enemy can still throw accusations at you saying, you're no good. You know this, you're not this, not the other. All he can say are things that all he can say is try to remind you of what happens in your past. This woman in the context has a past. She just came from somebody's house called the act of adultery. So the enemy can only remind her of the past. But Jesus has already washed away the past. So she, in effect, we, in effect, have no one else to accuse us because what the enemy will throw up against you has already been washed away in the blood of Jesus. It's already been dealt with. He has already dealt with the sin. You understanding? So this is our position. I am cleansed. I am washed by the blood of the lamb. 
And we look around and can see, okay, yes, there's the devil. Yes, he's trying to remind me how I used to um, do all these bad things in my life. Yes, I did that, but the Lord has redeemed me. He has washed me, and now I'm new in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So your tactics, devil, don't work here anymore. I know who I am. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So his accusations don't have any weight any longer. Where are your accusers? No one here to condemn you? Is there anyone that can say anything to you um, after the work that I have done for you? There's no one, Lord. Then he says, neither do I condemn you. Now, here again, we've been talking about this. Many in today's modern day church stop at this point here. They say, Jesus is not condemning you. They say, Jesus, there's no condemnation in Christ. And that is true. And then they say, as we saw there in the book of First John, uh, many say, well, I have fellowship with God, but yet I'm walking in darkness. They say, well, you know, I have no sin. God has already dealt with it, so I'm, I'm okay. But that's only half the message. The Lord said, neither do I condemn you. Then he says, what? Go sin no more. That's the other half of that. Go sin no more. He says, I don't condemn you. Now, don't do that again. Sin no more. Now, he'll have to give us the power not to do that again. So here we are in the season of grace. Grace gives us the ability through Christ. Uh, grace gives us the ability and the time to get things right with him as he works those things out in us, works a lifestyle of holiness, righteousness, and truth. Amen? Amen. All right. That's a, just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful picture. Now, now that we understand that, now that's one thing that you had to understand. Now that we understand that, we can go into this very next part. Are, we, are you still with me? Amen. Verse number 10 says again, well, it says, When Jesus lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Have no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Verse 12. Then he says this. Here is the lion's roar. Here he says this. Now we know that Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. Here is the lion's roar. After he says this, in verse 12, he makes this statement, this very bold statement. He says before them all, I am the light of the world. Very big statement. Now the word world here in the Greek is cosmos. And it does mean earth but it also means universe. So here is a universal truth. Jesus said, I am the light, not only of the world, earth, but universe. I light, the Lord says, I light everything. Now light always pushes darkness back, always pushes darkness back. Light and darkness cannot abide in the same place. There is no fellowship there. He makes this statement, I am the light of the world. Now, look at the context in which he said this. What just happened? He just freed and released someone that was brought to him in sin. He just delivered them from, delivered her from the accusers. And what was, what was meant to be judgment, death, by stoning now has come to no condemnation and grace and the power not to sin anymore. 
He said, this is what I bring. Light is wisdom. Light is understanding. Light is illumination. This is what I bring. This is the light that has now come into the world. This is the light of the world, the earth, the universe, that the Lord has the power to short circuit the enemy's plans against you, that he has the power to disrupt and destroy your accusers to set you free. He says the statement, I am light. I am the light of the universe. This is a universal truth, whether on Mars, Pluto, Jupiter, wherever, the gospel of Jesus Christ has the power to destroy the works of the devil against you. Now remember, they brought this woman uh, accusing her and they said this should be done to her. She should die. Scripture says plainly that the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. They said she should die. You must be punished for this. That's what they're saying. You must be punished for what you have done. You must die. You must receive your just dues. But Jesus is the light. And he destroys their argument. He destroys their accusations with the sword of his mouth. He brings in light and darkness and it destroys her captivity. So if you would understand what I'm about to tell you, what light does, light frees the heart of men, women, boys and girls. Light will free you from the captivity of the enemy. Light will free you from the persecution of the enemy. Light will free you from his bondage. Light will free you from the enemy's hold or contract against you. Don't you understand that there are contracts that people sign knowingly or unknowingly with the enemy? We can set things in motion that will hinder us or even destroy us, even with the words that we say in our own mouths, with our own mouths. How many times have you, has your mouth got you in trouble? How many times have you agreed to do something and go back later and wish I had never done that? You can sign a contract with the enemy with your mouth. Are you hearing? So what Jesus has done, he has come and he is the light of the world that will destroy the works of the enemy. So anything that you got yourself into, Jesus said, I can get you out of it. Are you hearing? Now, this woman was not seeking Jesus. She was caught in the act. But the enemy in, in his plan to destroy her played right into the hands of God and brought her right to Jesus. Look at the mercy and mercy and favor of God. You say, I really got myself into a pickle. I really got myself into trouble. Can God help me? Absolutely, yes. But you, first of all, must receive the light. You must receive the light. And many times how we receive something, uh, again, is with our lips, with our tongue. We can get ourselves in trouble into the wrong thing with our mouth. And you can also get yourself into the right thing with your mouth. So we can say, Lord Jesus, I receive your light. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I receive your light into my home. I receive your light into my mind. I receive your light into the dark places of my life. I receive your light yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. with your mouth. Yes, 
Remember, the Bible declares that the power of life and death are in the tongue. And those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. You can get yourself in and out of trouble with the words of your mouth. You understand? All right, all right, all right. And your continual confession, I'm telling you, your continual confession, continued confession will help mark the difference. Now, we need to take a little journey here. We're not going to get finished with all of this today. But we need to take a journey because I need to show you about the power of this light. We just saw one instance of it here in John the 8th chapter. But I need to show you the power of the light because this is extremely important to you because shortly we're going to see where Jesus turns to the disciples and says, "Ye are the light of the world. Now, what does that mean? Are you hearing? Very shortly, he's going to turn to them and say, you are the light of the world. A city that's set on the hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put, and put it under a bushel, but they put it on the lampstand that it may give light to all the room. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. He is effectively transferring the power of light from himself to us. Using the same wording, he said, I am the light of the world. And then he tells them, ye are the light of the world. Now, if you don't understand what that means, that can't help you. Again, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, he's saying, I am wisdom. I am understanding. I bring direction. I bring hope because light is always hope. Darkness is chaos. Darkness is confusion. Darkness is depression. I am the hope bringer. In other words, I am the light bearer, the Lord said. I dispel the darkness. So what needs to happen when you, as you receive the light of Christ, as you walk in the knowledge of it, what you will see begin to happen is when you, as the light of the Lord, the light of Christ, walk into an area, you'll notice people say, something is different when you come around here. Amen. What happens? I always get a sense of peace when you show up. I know that things are better when you are here. Amen. What happens? You have brought in a measure of light. Yes, we possess a light. You heard the song a little while ago. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. That is not just a song or a verse. It is, actual, it is an actual fact. It is an actual fact. We need to receive the word of God as an actual truth, an actual fact. Don't you understand when you go into some demon infested uh, places or people that are down or, or hopeless and so forth and so on. And you carry the light, you carry the knowledge and the wisdom and revelation of the light. Just your very presence will cause demons to flee. Just your very presence will cause people to uh, take an exhale. Just you coming in the place because you're carrying the light of God with you. Here, here again, you cannot use something or utilize something that you don't understand. Amen. You can have the most expensive cell phone on the market, but if you don't understand how to turn the thing on, what good is it to you? You've got to understand it. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, you've got to understand it. So this is why we're in this part, part four here. In, a, in an attempt to help you to understand the light. 
what it does and how you can appropriate it in your life. Because many of us will be going back outside into dark areas. Dark areas. And when you understand and declare what light is, what it does, you'll understand those areas will begin to lighten up. Because again, light and darkness cannot abide in the same place. Light always pushes darkness out. Hallelujah. So you're ready to go with me now? All right. Let's go to Genesis, the first chapter, Genesis 1. Let me tell you what I call this, the path of the light, the path of the light. Genesis 1, we'll look at verses 3 through 5 as we tell you a little bit about this light. Genesis 1, verse 3 through 5 says this, and God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw the light that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and the evening and the morning were the first day. First appearance of light there in the Bible. Uh, This is where the spiritual light of God appears on a natural world. Okay, we understand that the sun and the moon were not created until the fourth day. So this is a supernatural light. The fourth day was the entrance of natural light. In other words, I can look up and I can see the big ball of fire in the sky. I can see the sun. I try not to look straight into it, and I pray you don't look straight into it. I can see the moon at, at night. You can look at that. That won't hurt your eyes. You can see those lights. You can see the stars. You can see all those lights. That's natural light. But on the first day, God brought a spiritual light upon the planet. The essence of who he is. Remember, First John says, God is light. So he allowed his self, his presence to be seen upon the earth in a supernatural way, in the invisible So there is already an invisible light. He said, let there be light. That's invisible to us in this natural world, to this physical world. It's invisible. God's light is invisible. Okay, but it has visible change. It can do visible changes. Are you hearing? So, first of all, this light makes its appearance out of wherever, out of eternity, upon Uh, Upon time in the earth realm, God allows himself, the light that is him, to come out of eternity and uh, overshadow the earth, this light, okay? Let there be light. There was none here first before he said it. So light is present. Now, there's no other place in Scripture where God recalls his light. The light is still here. His spiritual, supernatural, invisible light is still here. You understand it? All right. Now, uh, Psalm 119, verse 5. Now, we'll go another 10 minutes or so. Y'all sit with me today. I don't want to lose you. Psalm 119, verse 5 says, Thy light is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Rather, thy word, I'm sorry, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God defines more what the light is. What? Because we as humans, we say light. I mean, you can't touch it. You can see the source of it. I can see these light bulbs, but can I truly touch light? You can feel the heat from light, the warmth from it, but can you truly touch it? 
Are you hearing? So he tries to bring it in a way that we could all hear and understand. So he says here, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. So now we see, now we're seeing a picture develop that his word is light. Let's go to um, Psalm 119 verse 30. It says, the entrance of thy word gives what? Light. And it gives understanding to the simple. The word is is light. Say with me, the word is light. Now, we could go into the book of John, John 1. You can write all these down and get the CD later. John 1, we see specifically that the word is light. The light is come, is Jesus. Jesus is the light. And then he say that in John 8, I am the light of the world. The light that is entered into this, the light that is entered into this uh, physical universe. I am that light. Well, who is Jesus? John, John tells us that Jesus is the word that was made flesh. Are you hearing me? Amen. Are we still there? Amen. So, but we can see this in John 1, 9. Very, very clearly it says uh, that that was the true light which uh, lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Jesus is that true light. And we see in the book of John, it gives reference to in the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. So this gives reference right back to Genesis 1, identifying Jesus, the word, as light. Are you hearing? All right. This is why the Lord said those who Follow me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Because he is light. Are you understanding? All right, let's go look. Let's look a little bit further. So the Lord identifies himself as light. Now let's go to John 3. John 3, um, verse 19 through 21. Hang with me. John 3, verse 19 through 21 says this. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth light, neither doeth the, neither, uh, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that uh, doeth truth cometh to the light, uh, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought in God. Now, People hated light because their deeds were evil. Did the evil in the world hate Jesus? Absolutely. Do the evil in the world in this world today, do they still hate Jesus? Absolutely. Why? Because Jesus is light. Christianity is light. And so this is why we are persecuted for the name of Jesus. Don't say Jesus in this meeting. Don't say Jesus here. Why? Because men love their darkness. And when you say the name of Jesus, light comes forth. Does that make sense to you? So again, Jesus identifies himself as light in John 8, verse 12. Again, he says, I am the light of the world. Now, I want to get this to you, and then we're going to close out here and uh, close out here. And uh, John 17, John 17 and verse number 14 says, I have given them thy word. This is what Jesus is saying to the Father about us. All right? He said, I have given them thy word. 
Now the word is what? Light. He has given them, who is them? The disciples, the followers of Christ. So if we have any followers of Jesus in here, then God said, I have given you my word. Today you are receiving the word of Christ. He said, I've given you the word. Now, if he's given you the word, he's also given you light, light. Think about it. If there are some difficult things in your life that you don't understand, you not understanding can cause depression. There is a measure of darkness when you don't understand something. In math class, anybody been in math class before? And you say, I don't understand this. We know there's a test coming up or something and you don't understand it. That's anxiety and that's fear and that's stress. I don't understand this. Well, you know, you're going to have to perform or do something. I don't understand it. It doesn't bring up good feelings. I don't understand. But when you get an understanding, what happens to the aggravation and fear? It goes out. Depression, it goes out. What did you get? You got an understanding. What is understanding? It's light. So the Lord said, I am the light of the world. I am wisdom. I am knowledge. I am understanding. I am truth. And when he comes in, all those negative things will go out. Are you hearing? He says again, uh, light is coming to. He said, I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am now the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. Verse 16, they are not of the world, even as I am now the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Uh, so we see here that the truth is the word. The word is light. When light shows up, there is word and there is truth. Verse 18, as thou hast sent me into the world, even so uh, have I also sent them into the world. Jesus was sent as light. And you are sent as light into dark places. You are the light bearer. This is a part of the lion's roar to declare that you are the light bearer in the situation. We keep calling for somebody else to come and fix it. But God said, it's you. You understanding? Verse 19. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they might be sanctified through the truth. Now. Are you still here? Are you still here? John 9, verse 4 through 7. Listen to this. Say with me, I am a light bearer. John 9, verse 4 through 7 says this. I must work, this is the Lord Jesus speaking, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can do work. Verse 5, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. This is what Jesus was telling them. As long as I am here, signifying I will be going. You've heard of the cross before, right? Death, burial, his physical life as, as they knew it there would be over. He said, as long as I am here, I am the light of the world. Are you hearing? Yes. Verse six, uh, when he has spoken thus, he spat on the ground and, and uh, he healed the man. Let's go to chapter, uh, chapter 12, uh, John 12, verse 35 says, then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. Again, 
talking to the disciples at that moment. Walk while ye have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whether he goeth. Verse 36, while ye have light, believe in the light, that ye may be the children of light. Believe. How are we going to make this transition? The Lord said he's already given us his word and you're getting the word of God today. Every time you go into Bible study, every time you open your Bible for a daily devotion, you are receiving more and more light. This is why the enemy is so against you reading your Bible. This is why he's going to make sure you're so busy that you won't open your Bible and read that Bible and study it because he knows that your word, the word of God is light. Once that light comes into you, you will shine even brighter. And the brighter the light, the more darkness flees. If this room was absolutely pitch dark, and if I had a cigarette lighter or a match and I lit it, you would see light around this small area. But the rest of the room would be unaffected. But if I had a huge, I don't know, spotlight and I shined it in this room, or we at least turn all the lights on, darkness flees completely. So the more light you possess, the more effective you are against the, uh, the, the kingdom of darkness. The more light you possess, the more effective you are, or God is through you against the kingdom of darkness. All right, all right, and the last one here, Matthew 5, verses 14 through 16. I just want to show you this and we're going to close out. It says, ye are the light. I want, to see it. I want you to see it yourself. Matthew 5, 14. You are the light. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. In other words, God has a place for you to shine. This is not random. God calls you to a place. Your own lamp stand. He puts the candle there and it will be your assignment to give light to the environment, wherever that environment is, whether it's on the job, in the home, in the nations, in the community, wherever that place is, he sets you there for you to give light in that environment. And the more light you possess, the more darkness will be displaced. Are you hearing? Yes. He said, and uh, it giveth light unto all the house. Let your light so shine. Let, of course, is a conditional word, permissive. You have to allow this to happen. This is not automatic. Now, this is the last thing I want to show you for now. We're still not done. Notice your screen. He said, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick and it giveth light unto all the house. Next verse. He says, let your light so shine before men. Now notice the word after let. Can somebody read that for me? What is the word after let? I'm sorry, what? Your. Your. It does not say let my light. It says let your light. Let your light. I can show you this next time. Your light. You are then the possessor of this light. Now it is truly the light of God within you, but you will then be possessed by the light and the light will possess you and you will become one with the light. That's why God says, let your light so shine. 
You become the possessor of this light. It, you not only have it, but it has you and you possess it. It becomes you. You become, as the word of God calls, a child of light. A child of light. We will walk as children of the light. You become light. All of this is in preparation for our eternal destiny. Now, a lot of things are happening in the world today. People are getting killed. Uh, they are they're dying. There are there are diseases. There's a lot of stuff happening uh, in our communities. All these things and we need to be aware of these things. But all these things are simply a distraction because what God is doing in this hour, you want to know what God's doing? What God is doing in this hour is transforming his people into a kingdom of light. We are a kingdom of light. And the more of him you possess, the more word, the more Christ you possess, the brighter the light becomes. The brighter the light becomes, the brighter the light, the brighter the light. The more you stay under the word of God, the more you come to church and hear the word of God, the more you pray, the more you open your Bible and you read the Bible, you study the Bible, the more light is coming, the more light is coming, the more light is coming, and you're shining brighter and brighter and brighter. Now, again, this light is invisible as it was in the beginning. And even though Jesus himself was full of light, most people did not know who he was. God had revealed to them who Jesus was. The disciples didn't know who Jesus was until he asked them, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're Jeremiah, some say this and that. Well, who do you say that I am? Nobody said anything, but Peter then spoke up and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail yes, against it. Yes. What is he building the church on? The revelation knowledge of who he is. The reception of light. We are a kingdom of light. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, here's the thing. You, if you're born again believer, you do possess light. But you also determine how bright that light is going to be. That's right. That's right. If you're sitting in darkness right now, darkness all around you, and you're cursing darkness, you don't need to do that. Just turn up the light. Just turn up the light. Because the light will push the darkness back. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop there in Jesus' name. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We pray that you are richly blessed by today's message. We would love to connect with you. Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org. You can become our friend on Facebook or follow us on Twitter and subscribe to our YouTube channel and a whole lot more. Right there at kingdomrock.org. We would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Bremen area, please stop by and join us every Sunday morning. Sunday school is at 9 a.m. and Sunday morning is at 10 Wednesday night, we have what's called Hour of Power. It starts at 6.30 p.m. All are invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would love to hear from you. And if you have a prayer request, by all means, please log on to our website at kingdomrock.org and click on the prayer page. Until tomorrow, remember that Jesus is Lord. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.